Welcome everyone to Spark My Muse. I'm your host, Lisa DeLay, and this is Soul School, Lesson 217, Strength to be Free. I'm going to be reading again from one of my favorite people, my mentor in spiritual things, Howard Thurman, for The Inward Journey, the writings of Howard Thurman selected by Ann Spencer Thurman, his daughter. Right now it is February, and it is 18 degrees outside, and I'm getting cabin fever. And I think what I'm craving is more interaction and more genuine connections with people in richer ways, ways that haven't been able to happen in person so much. One of the things I'm going to be doing starting February 27th is inviting any of you who'd like to come along to join me and others to read The Wild Land Within, Cultivating Wholeness Through Spiritual Practice. And that's the book I've done with Broadleaf Books. It came out last April. This will be Sunday evenings, Eastern Standard Time, at 7 p.m. And you just need to sign up to come. You'll be sent the link to join us. Go to eventbrite.com and put in the wild land within, and it will pop right up. The other way to get there is the short link, tiny.cc forward slash WLW. And those letters are capitalized, WLW for Wildland Within. We'll go over some of the material together, dialogue about it. You can participate or just be a spectator if you'd like. And we'll definitely be doing the reflection questions and the spiritual practices at the end of each chapter. This will be a wonderful time to connect with each other in deeper ways. Go through this book together. This book was not written to be read alone in isolation. It was meant to be read in community with other people as we journey together. So I hope you'll join me for that. Be sure to go to sparkmymuse.com for this episode, SSL 217, and you will find links to the book and to extras that are show notes and my Substack blog area where I'm writing now, as well as a Patreon page if you'd like to support the show, starting at a dollar, anything on up from a dollar. Your support isn't just really appreciated, it's also needed. It's really how I support this work without having to go out and get too many extra freelance jobs and part-time work to pay the bills. I also want to mention that on February 23rd, I will be turning 50 years old. <laughs> uh, that seems really old. Uh, but, you know, me and Snoop Dogg are the same age, and that makes me feel a little better. He's, he's doing really good, so, you know, maybe it's not so bad to get old. Anyway, if you'd like to give me something for my birthday, you can buy my book for someone in your life, The Wildland Within. Go to tiny.cc forward slash wildland, and that will get you to a page on Amazon where you can purchase it. Or just go to your local bookstore and ask for it, and they will order it for you. I thank you so much for your support. A little background about Howard Thurman that I haven't mentioned in a while is that Howard Thurman was mainly raised as a child by his grandmother. His father died when he was seven years old and his mother had to go out and work, and it was really difficult on the family to make ends meet. His grandmother had a profound influence on his life spiritually. She was a very strong woman of faith. She had once been enslaved in northern Florida. Before I get into the reading specifically, 
I want to just mention that the reason I am bringing us Howard Thurman today is because I find great strength, comfort, and encouragement in his words. Not just that, but edification too. He is able to approach reality as it is without glossing it over and adding some phony shine. And yet he is also able to meet us where we are in our suffering and encourage us to have the strength we need that we gather from within because of divine love. As I bring him to you and encourage you to get his book for yourself and read it for yourself, I hope that what I'm bringing you today will do just that, encourage you, comfort you, strengthen you, and give you resolve, and be a kind of companion to you on this journey of life that we have. On page 26 in the book is a piece called Strength to be Free. And this piece is just a page long. Quote, Give me strength to be free. Unquote. The thought of being free comes upon us with such power that under its impact, we lose the meaning that the thought implies. Often, quote, being free, unquote, means to be where we are not at the moment, to be relieved of a particular set of chores or responsibilities that are bearing heavily upon minds, to be surrounded by a careless rapture with no reminders of costs of any kind, to be on the open road with nothing overhead but the blue sky and whole days in which to roam. For many, being free means movement, change, reordering. To be free may not mean any of these things. It may not involve a single change in a single circumstance, or it may not extend beyond one's own gate, beyond the four walls in the midst of which all of one's working hours and endless nights are spent. It may mean no surcease from the old familiar routine and the perennial cares which have become one's persistent lot. Quite possibly, your days mean the deepening of your rut, the increasing of your monotony, and the enlarging of the areas of your dullness. All of this and more may be true for you, Quote, give me the strength to be free, unquote. Often, to be free means the ability to deal with the realities of one's situation so as not to be overcome by them. It is the manifestation of a quality of being and living that results not only from understanding of one's situation, but also from wisdom in dealing with it. It takes no strength to give up, to accept shackles of circumstance so that they become shackles of soul, to shrug the shoulders in bland acquiescence. This is easy, but do not congratulate yourself that you've solved anything. In simple language, you have sold out, surrendered, given up. It takes strength to affirm the high prerogative of your spirit. And you will find that, if you do, a host of invisible angels will wing to your defense, and the glory of the living God will envelop your surroundings, because in you God has come into God's own. I love that last line, because in you God has come 
into God's own. Dr. Thurman says, it takes strength to affirm the high prerogative of your spirit. That's the nugget for me in that one. The high prerogative of our spirit is not to give up and not to acquiesce to surrendering of our spirit, but to have the strength and the fortitude to let God come in and strengthen us from the center of our being. And indeed, Howard Thurman saw this strength come again and again to his grandmother and his mother who were struggling, make it in tough times. In a similar vein, I'd like to read from page 45. I will not give up. This is really a beautiful story. Also is just about a page long. Thurman writes, It was above the timber line. A steady march of the forest had stopped as if some invisible barrier had been erected beyond which no trees dared move, even in single file. Beyond was barrenness, sheer rocks, snow patches, and strong, untrammeled winds. Here and there were short tufts of evergreen bushes that had somehow managed to survive despite the severe pressures under which they had to live. They were not lush. They lacked the kind of grace of the vegetation below the timberline, but were alive and hardy. Upon close investigation, however, it was found that these were not ordinary shrubs. The formations of the needles was identical with that of the trees further down. As a matter of fact, they looked like branches of the other trees. When one actually examined them, the astounding revelation was that they were branches. For hugging the ground, following the shape of terrain, were trees that could not grow upright. Following the pattern of their kind, instead, they were growing as vines grow on the ground. And what seemed to be patches of stunted shrubs were rows of branches growing, developing trees. What must have been the torturous frustration and the stubborn battle that had finally resulted in this strange phenomenon? It is as if the tree had said, I am destined to reach for the skies and embrace in my arms the wind, the rain, the snow, and the sun singing my song of joy to all the heavens. But this I cannot do. I have taken root beyond the timber line, and yet I do not want to die. I must not die. I shall make a careful survey of my situation and work out a method, a way of life, that will yield growth and development, for despite the contradictions under which I must eke out my days, in the end, I may not look like other trees, I may not be what all that is in me cries out to be, but I will not give up. I will use to the full every resource in me and about me to answer life with life. And in doing so, I shall affirm that this is the kind of universe that sustains upon demand the life that is in it. I wonder if I dare to act even as the tree acts. I wonder. I wonder, do you? I love that fascinating gem of a story about these trees. These trees eking out their survival and their very life through this life force within them, struggling up the mountainside above the timberline where it's so much colder 
not existing even anymore as trees, but still alive. It's so fascinating where we can find life where you would never suspect it. Perhaps a dandelion growing up between a crack in the sidewalk where enough soil has grown to make that life possible. These unlikely places where life emerges, refusing to quit, refusing to give up. I will not give up, Thurman says. I love the part that says, I shall make a careful survey of my situation and work out a method, a way of life that will yield growth and development for me despite the contradictions under which I must eke out my days. That speaks to me. Sometimes we're just eking out our days. We're not living in ways that we think are wonderful or that we expected to live or that seem as nice as what other people live or successful. But there are ways to rise up towards the sun and stretch our arms out to the heavens and sing our song of joy. This particular piece, I Will Not Give Up, really speaks to me. And I hope that it brought some comfort and encouragement to you. The final one I'm going to read today is from page 69 called The Quiet Ministry of the Spirit. I found this one so tender and helpful. Thurman writes, It is good to experience the quiet ministry of the living spirit of the living God. Again and again, there are the little healings of silent breaches which sustain us in our contacts with the world and with one another. We are stunned by the little word, the unexpected silence, the off-key smile, without quite knowing why. The balance is recovered and the rhythm of the heart is stopped in its place. There is a sense of estrangement which overtakes the happiest human relations and the experience of recovery that makes the heart sing its old song with new lilt. There are days when everything seems difficult, when the ordinary tasks become major undertakings, when one is sensitive and every moment is threatened by an explosion that does not quite come to pass. Then without apparent cause, the whole picture changes and the spirit can breathe again with ease. The spring in the step comes back again. It is good to experience the quiet ministry of the living spirit of the living God. Sometimes we are catapulted into disaster with a suddenness that paralyzes the mind and leaves the exposure to fear unshielded by courage or by strength. If there had been some warning, some intimation of what was to come, the wisdom of the years could have buttressed the life with measured protection. But no, this was not the case. Often, even before the full awareness of what has taken place can be felt, the realignment of one's powers begins to work and recovery is on the way. There are problems that meet us head on in our journey. The issue of our spirit and the thing that confronts us is joined. We are engulfed in the great silence of fateful struggle. It seems that nowhere, in no place, can an answer be found. In vain, we seek a clue, a key, even a little thing to give a fleeting respite, a second wind. Again and again, it is apt to happen, the miracle of relief, a chance word from a casual conversation, a sentiment or a line in a letter the refrain of an old song, an image from the past, a paragraph from a printed page, 
a stirring of prayer in the heart, the miracle of relief, and we are released. The danger is past, the conflict is over. It is good, so very good, to experience the quiet ministry of the living spirit of the living God. As I reflect on that, I want to bring to our attention that when Dr. Thurman wrote that, that was pre-internet. And there were more times that one could be quiet and one could notice in a way where the mind wasn't racing from thing to thing and never getting a true break. I can speak for myself when I say I spend too much time online. I do that to connect with others, to promote my work, my programs. And I find myself not able to be aware and receptive to the living spirit of the living God because my mind is too addled by the frenetic pace of social media and the bombardment of all that's out there and available. It was a problem in that time as well that he could run into all those same feelings we have now, but then find the ministry of the living spirit of the living God. And since he wrote that for a different time, how much harder is it for us when we're so continually distracted? So my admonishment, my edification for you, drawing from the wisdom of Thurman is to say, if you feel this burden, if you feel you are struggling and you need a word of encouragement, you need the ministry of the living spirit of the living God, step back from the cavalcade of noise and input. Step back, quiet down, listen. Step back from the fury of it all. Even if you're a busy parent or life is running you ragged, you can still do something like take extra five minutes in the shower or sip that coffee slower or that tea slower than you normally would to gather your thoughts and wait for that ministry of the living spirit of the living God. Thurman is so right. That ministry is available to us. And we will find those ministries, perhaps in an email from a friend, perhaps in a phrase of a song, perhaps you'll find it in this podcast right now. I hope that would be true. Perhaps you'll find it in a sentence in a book or kind word. But be aware and look for those ministries of the living spirit of the living God. Surely God is there for us to comfort and guide us. Surely when we allow the branches of our life to grow up past the timberline where the soil isn't there so much to give us nutrients and our predicament is more difficult, we can wait for the sunshine of God's love upon us to help us grow. I thank you so much for joining me for this time today, and I hope you were blessed by it in some way. If you were, that was the Spirit at work. Please join me next week for another episode. And if you could, pass this episode on to someone else who might need a ministry of the Holy Spirit.